Well, good morning, church. How are you? Are you well this morning? Yes. Good. Uh, Holly has interluded very well. I'm speaking on peace. And uh, because we're in the middle of uh, our hit series on... Oh, do you like that? Yeah? Anyway, I did that. Um, So when I uh, googled peace, and because what's the point in wasting time? Um, lots of preachers have probably preached on a lot of things that we've already spoken on, and so I always quickly go and have a quick glimpse of what have they already spoken on. And uh, I found not a lot on peace uh, out of the context of Christmas. A lot of Christmas series on peace. That seems to be a winner. Uh, but The verse that we're talking about this morning is talking about the peace that reigns in your heart. And it's the next verse in our Colossians hit series. And it's Colossians 3 verse 15. I'm not going to read it just yet. But I found that there's not a lot of teaching on peace reigning in your heart because peace is not necessarily taught. Peace is an outcome of being obedient to what you've already been taught. And uh, Oswald Chambers, the author of the daily devotion that I devour each year, and still I get surprised every year by what's on the next page, uh, says all of God's revealed truths are sealed until they're opened by obedience. All of God's revealed truths are sealed until they're opened by obedience. And peace is one of those things. It's not taught. It's not A plus B will give you C. Just follow these steps and you'll be peaceful. It's a revealed truth because it's part of God's character. And God's character needs to be revealed to us. And, it's, and then you'll be experiencing that truth. And how do we get there? Through obedience. Um, doing uni this year, I went back to uni this year about correspondence and I'm learning to read very well and uh, if anything that being back at uni has taught me and I'm studying the Bible is that it is very dangerous to take a verse out of context. That's a big no-no. Like I'll get a big F on my paper if I take a verse out of context and I just pick it. And so this verse that we're about to study, I just want to really quickly, and I know I'm recapping, give us the context of where this verse comes in. Because you might just say, oh, let peace reign in your heart without knowing, well, where does this fit? What was Paul saying? Who was he speaking to? And so um, I'm just going to recap the quick thing and it will be... Sorry, uh, Cam, it will be like one of those big ones. I think it's three, slide three. There, the new you. Uh, Paul is talking to the Colossians about how do you be a Christian now that you, you're living for Christ. And th- this is where our, our thing fits in. So it starts off in chapter three, the new you, which has been made possible through Christ. And then he talks to us about our mind. And he says, well, now that it's new you, uh, You've got a new way of thinking. Let's think differently. So you need to ha- need, your mind needs to be set on things above and not below. And, and you need to be thinking in a way that God will show you how to think. Don't, don't get bogged down with the things of the world anymore. And so he says, okay, now you're a new Christian. 
think differently. And then he goes on to talk about your identity and says, and now that you're a, a Christian, your identity is in Christ. When, whenever you walk around, you're a representative of Christ now and, and you're holy and you're chosen. So he's, he's working through, okay, here's your mind, here's your identity. And then he goes, let me give you some tips though. I'll make it really clear. I'm not going to be vague about this. And he says, since you're a new Christian, there's some things I want you to take off. And he says, uh, um, take off sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like it, whenever you feel like it, bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty, dirty talk, and lying. And he goes on to say, why? And he goes, because these things take the place of devotion to God. Because God can't be around them, he can't be around sin. So when that's in your life and that's what you're involving yourself in, he, he, that separates your devotion from God. But then he goes on, he gives us hope because um, now that you're taking that off, I want you to put this on and I'm definitely recapping now. He says, put on compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, even tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive, And never forget to put on love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. And then we come down here to the verse that we're going to do today. He says, so now that you've put, now you know what to take off. Now you know what to put on. This is what I want you to do. The decision maker of your heart needs to be Christ and peace. And so if we take a look at Colossians 3.15 this morning, we'll see um, the verse that we're going to study. He says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Aren't you, aren't you glad that the Bible gives some really specific things about how to live? That list up there is very clear. And uh, we don't have to try and figure out, I wonder if God wants me to be kind. I wonder if he wants me to be compassionate or to forgive. I I just wonder. He does. He wants you to do that. And I love that he is very specific about this. But then there's things in our life that there's not a play-by-play for in the Bible. And we need someone to lead our life through that. And, And this verse is saying, let the peace that comes from Christ be your decision maker, be your ruler, be the guidance of your heart. And so today we're going to do a little peace check. You can do a little peace police on your life this morning. And, uh, and we have four questions throughout this. And uh, the first question is, and it'll make sense in a moment, is who is your pilot? So if you're taking notes... I know those with phones out, you're definitely taking notes. Um, Who is your pilot? Um, A couple years back, Luke, Joel and myself were traveling home from Europe and we had been, oh, it was Ian's birthday this week, happy birthday, and Chris and Nikki's. Um, But we we were traveling home from Europe because we'd gone and surprised Ian for his 60th birthday. And that was a wow of a time. Uh, but we're traveling home and Pemmy being Pemmy had enough frequent flyer points to get all three kids free flights. Oh my gosh, that was an insane blessing. The only thing that uh, was a trouble with that is because it's frequent flyer points, you 
you go the longest route around. And so I swear we were doing 360s around the globe. And then we ended up in Dubai. And so here we are in Dubai and the flight's running late. And we get off the flight. And I just want to give a disclaimer here. <clears throat> Luke, my wonderful... Oh, look at him. The poor guy. He's going... <laughs> Luke, my wonderful husband. Now, when we travel, he is the organised one. I know it's probably hard to pick an organised one between us. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he gets that. He get, he's the organised one when we travel. He tells me where I'm meant to be, what time I'm meant to be there, where are my tickets. Didn't know where my passport was. Um, but he... Um, he lets me know where I need to be and, and, and he takes that job seriously. And so Joel and I, <laughs> Joel and I don't. We don't take that. We think, yeah, Luke's got it. He's got this. It's fine. Anyway, so we get in Dubai. We're late for a connecting flight and panic comes over Luke a little. Not over Joel and I. We're fine. We are totally fine with this. And Luke turns to us and goes, guys, you need to run. You need to really run. And so, oh, righto. And so we're running along and Luke's like, run, guys, run. And we're like, oh. And so Luke starts really running. He takes off. And he is so far ahead that I can hardly hear as he yells back whatever he is yelling through the aisles of the airport. And Joel and I are like, oh my gosh. And we'd been travelling for a while, so the window of opportunity for irritability was high. And I start getting an attitude at Luke while I'm running. And, uh, and I think, oh, that'd be right. Yeah, you go on, go on. Leave your wife in Dubai. I just, I start getting a filthy attitude as I'm running. And Joel's like, I don't even know why he's running anyway. <laughs> anyway, so short time later, we make it to the departure gate. And Luke, by his face, we have clearly missed the flight. Clearly. But we still had a conversation that went a little like this. <sighs> hey, did we miss it? Did we, did, did we make it? And Luke looks at me and goes, no, Jessica, we didn't make it. I was like, oh, all right. How about that run in? How about... How about if you guys had run a little faster, we would have made it. How about if you guys weren't chatting the whole way along, we would have made our flight. And he is just, none of us were wearing Paul's clothing that he suggested us to wear at this moment. And it just goes on and on. And, and so he's doing, if you'd done this, and then Joel's like, oh, shut up, Luke, we were running as fast as we could. I take it personally. Oh, my fitness. I see. I see. It's all, I know what's going, and it just blowing up. Okay. And so it wasn't good for me. It spiraled. It definitely spiraled. None of us were wearing compassion or fitness. Anyway, but how often 
do we do this in our life concerning peace? We look at a circumstance, aka my running, and, and go, if you were different, I'd have peace. If you were different, I would be all right. Everything in my life would be okay. When really, me missing the flight, actually, I was telling Luke last night, I'm going to tell that story about how we missed the flight and you were like really angry and things like that. And he goes, I still think if you had run faster. (laughs) No joke. No joke. I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Hey, I got the microphone. Anyway, all right. But me missing the flight, all of us missing the flight, actually didn't have a lot to do with my running ability. It had everything to do with that the pilot left the airport late. And your peace is not determined on your circumstance but who is driving your life? And so peace from Jesus ruling your life is not dependent on circumstance because peace is a posture of the heart. It has nothing to do with what's going on in your life or or the mess that's going on or the running or or things just not working out. Peace comes from Christ being the pilot of your heart. It says, let Peace that comes from Christ, rule in your heart. So that says to me, when Christ rules in my heart, there will be peace, despite circumstances. So my first question to you this morning is, who pilots your heart? Because I have heard too many people sit and talk to me and talk about the circumstances of their life. And if this had been different, if this was different, if this, or if this person acted differently, when really it's nothing to do with the circumstances. All of this, all of this stuff that we're talking about is a result of who was making the decisions back there. Peace is a posture of the heart. We um, were okay in Dubai, and uh, it actually turned out really well, and I'll tell you in a little bit. But when we're talking about circumstantial peace, it, it is, it's so dangerous to find peace in our circumstances, because everything other than Jesus will fail us. Everything other than Jesus will fail us. In Matthew 9.2, Jesus looks at the man lying on the mat and he's crippled and he can't get up and he says, hey, be of good cheer. (laughs) Be of good cheer. And why did he say that before he healed him? Because in the same way that Jesus doesn't want our hope and our peace and our joy to be in circumstances. He wants us to find joy right when we can't get up. Peace right when we can't get up. And he said, be of good cheer before he could even move, before he could even be healed because he doesn't want our peace to be tethered to whether our circumstances are the way that we want them to be. He wants our peace to be tethered to truth that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. How do you know who's the pilot of your heart? Next question is, well, what are you praising? 
Jensen Franklin talks about that praise, whatever you praise is what is reigning in your life. Whatever you praise is what's reigning. Whatever you praise is what's ruling, what's making the decisions. The Japanese Bible translation, I know that's weird, but they talk about that when you praise, you create a throne for the king and he comes and sits in it. Whatever you praise is what's reigning. In 2 Samuel 19, there's a story about King David and, uh, and Israel was found without a king at the moment because someone had tried to take it over, but they've been toppled. And so the throne was empty. And all the tribes of Israel, except one, were like, yeah, let's put the king on the throne. Let's put the king on the throne. But the one tribe that was saying, no, nah, nah, I don't think, I don't think so, was Judah. Now, Judah actually, actually represents praise. They were the praises. And King David could have walked up and taken his throne, but he was saying, not without Judah, not without praise. And your praise is what creates a place for Jesus to reign in your heart. Whatever you praise, whatever you put at the highest level of adoration in your life is what's making your decisions. That is what you'll come back to. That will be your determining factor. And you might say, yeah, I say thanks to God for my blessings all the time. But if your blessings are the thing that you're thanking him for, if if the blessings that God gives you causes you to no longer walk in the obedience that God asked you to, you're praising the blessing, not the provider. And obedience is what will unleash the peace in your life. You must obey. Do not let the blessings of your life get in the way of obeying. Don't let the blessings be the thing that reigns. Family is a wonderful blessing. But it is not the thing that needs to make your decisions of your heart. Because one day your family will fail you. And one day your spouse will fail you. And one day your house might not be there. And one day your job might not be there. Or your boat or your holiday house or anything that you put at the highest level of praise. That is what is making your decisions. What are you praising What do you praise? What is the determining factor? Is it Jesus? Is Jesus okay with this? Does it bring him praise? Do I have peace in my heart about this decision? Whatever you praise is what's reigning in your heart. When we were leaving the airport at Dubai, because we'd well and truly missed the flight, uh, we... um, we were just, we had to go through customs because we had to leave the airport and we we're going to stay in a hotel and do that kind of thing. And as tradition would have it, Luke was stopped. Why? He looks very trustworthy. I don't know why they stop him all the time. But anyway, Luke was stopped as we're leaving the airport and by these heavily armed guards. And I'll have you know, Joel and I were ahead this time. <laughs> and uh, heavily armed guards. And we're like, what is Luke doing? What is Luke doing? And so we're like, oh, let's go see. So we turn around and we go back and we see Luke. He's on the floor and every bit of his bag is being taken out. And I, when Luke travels, he takes some obscure things. 
He's pulling out headphones. That's all right. Mini keyboard. Okay, yep, sure. Microphones. Yeah, good. Leads. We all need this on our carry-on, don't we? Everyone needs that. Laptops, clothes, everything's coming out. And these heavily armed guards couldn't care less. Yeah, cool, cool. And then they get to this one last thing. I'm like, what is this? And Luke, oh, that's my Bible. That's my Bible. And, and I'm using a metaphor, but we can have all this stuff in our lives, bags and bags of blessing. But the determining factor on when, whether you will have peace or you won't have peace is what you say about the Word of God in your life. What is this? Is it the thing that you go to to make all of your decisions? Or is it the thing that you go to when the thing that you love the most is in jeopardy? What is this? And what is Jesus in your life? What is Jesus to you? Is he the ruler of your heart? Not just the lover, the forgiver, the comforter. He is all that, but is he, does he have a place of rule? One of the quickest ways that we can uh, lose our peace or one of the quickest ways that we, the ways that peace won't be in our life is when we don't trust God with our lives. And what I mean by that is there's some situations where we think, yeah, God's got that and God's got that, but oh, this part, I've been doing this a lot longer than you, God, so I'll just keep this part under control. I'll make the decisions here. I'll, I'll, you, I don't really trust that you have my best interests at heart. I don't know if, you'll, if you've got this situation covered and I'm not sure if I can trust you with my family members or I'm not sure I can trust you with that friend or this situation. And trust takes the faith out of trusting in God and puts it in your own ability. And it, nothing destroys peace quicker when everything relies on you. In Acts 27, we see um, Paul, he's on his way, he's catching a boat and he's on his way across the Sea of Galilee to go and see Caesar. He wants to get in front of Caesar, he needs to talk to Caesar. And we find that he, um, he joins this crew and, and they miss this window of opportunity for good sailing. It was, uh, it was known that for a few months there, there's going to be bad weather and you know, they missed the opportunity but they still set sail a little bit anyway and and they got into a storm and they pulled into a port and it wasn't a very uh, a good port to be in so they decided okay well we'll just try and make it to the next one but while they were doing that uh, they got in a terrible storm a terrible storm and it says that uh, there was there was three days where they hadn't seen the sun and they hadn't seen the stars just hadn't seen the sky. That's how thick the storm was. And then we pick up in Acts 27, 21, and they write, With our appetite for both food and life long gone, Paul took his place in the midst and said, Friends, you really should have listened to me. Back in Crete. Is that... I don't know. Thanks. Okay. We... We could have avoided 
all this trouble and trial. But there's no need to dwell on that now. From now on, things are looking up. Aren't those people annoying when you're in the middle of a storm and they're like, Jesus, everything's looking up. Everything's looking up. No, it's not. I haven't seen the sun and the stars for three days. What, what are you talking about? And he says, I can assure you that there will be not a single drowning among us. Although I can't say as much for the ship, the ship is doomed. He continues on with this great speech. Last night, God's angel stood at my side. An angel of this God that I serve saying to me, don't give up, Paul. You're going to stand before Caesar yet and everyone sailing with you is also going to make it. So dear friends, take heart. And this is the part that I really want us to see. He goes on to say, I believe God. I believe God. He didn't say, I believe in God. There's a difference. Because even the demons believe in God. But do you believe God will do all that he said he will do for your life? Do you believe God wants the best for your life? He goes on to say, I believe God will do exactly what he told me. There is such an incredible supernatural peace that comes when you go, I believe you, God. I believe you, even when the ship is going down, even when everything that I had my, my, my trust in, everything that I thought I could, this was going to get me to where I wanted to be and that's falling apart, but I believe you. I believe you, that, that, that's okay, I believe you. And, and even when the men, they're throwing off all the cargo and throwing off all the way there, I believe you, God, no matter what the circumstances look, I don't just believe in you, I believe you. I believe that you want the best for me. I believe that you're looking out for me. I know it looks like terrible shipwreck through the middle, but I believe that you're on the other side waiting for me and you're here with me in the moment as well. You know, in Dubai, we actually had it way better than we could have ever imagined because we missed that flight. We were on our way, if we got on that flight, we were going to get a connecting flight to Singapore and lay on the floor at Singapore for nine hours. Sounds fun. Uh, but because we missed that flight, one, the pilot missed a storm. So we got through that and yeah, we were a little late. And, but we didn't have to go to Singapore. We actually got put up in a hotel, had beds, were fed, transports, got back to the hotel, didn't have to have a nine hour layover and we got home safely. And although in the middle of that, we were very stroppy. The pilot knew best. And when Jesus was saying to his disciples just before he was about to go to the cross, he's saying, all this stuff is going to happen, but take heart. 
And I know this looks like a defeat. And while I'm going to be on the cross and while they're going to be whipping me and, and, and I'm going to be, you're going to see me take my last breath. I know that looks like defeat, but take heart because I'm the author and the finisher. I know the middle, I am the omega and I, I, I'm the alpha, the omega. I'm the star and the finish. I know your whole story. And although you don't know what is going on, take heart because I am with with you. Take heart. I, I have given you peace. You know, he says, peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. It was God's legacy that we would be able to abide in peace. Not be peaceful, but there would be a stillness and a steely resolve of our heart that going, yeah, I know. I know it looks like divorce now, but I have peace. Because Jesus is my ruler. He is guiding my heart. I know it looks like bankruptcy now, but I have peace because God is ruling my heart. I know it looks like that the family's falling apart. I know the relationship's breaking down. I know it looks like there's no hope, but have peace. Take heart. I have overcome the world. And that's where peace comes from. Not that your circumstances look wonderful, And it's all peachy. Peace comes from trusting that Jesus has the best for you. And Hebrews 12, 14 says, Make every effort to live in this peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You know, peace is something that comes from Jesus Christ. But we're also encouraged to pursue peace. Do whatever you can to keep it. I love Joyce Meyer. She's so frank. And she has some really good key points about keeping peace. She goes, number one point, mind your own business. (laughs) Nothing brings peace like minding your own business. You're worrying about problems that have nothing to do with you. Mind your own business. But but what we want to focus on this morning is that obedience brings revealed truth. You cannot expect to pilot your own life and get Christ-like results. You cannot expect to pilot your own life. I'll do it when I want to. I'll do this, I'll do that, and get Christ-like results. Only peace comes when Jesus is the ruler of your heart. Amen? How about we stand And band, if you'd come. I had the most, funny, I know, I had the most peaceful preaching preparation time this week. Some weeks it feels like I go through the ringer and I lay on my study and floor and just cry. This week, I honestly, I looked like an idiot. I was dancing around my study at at the revealed truth of peace. And I wonder if any of those questions this morning, who's the pilot of your heart? Who are you praising? Who do you say Jesus is? And do you trust him? I wonder what your answers are to that this morning. And we're going to sing again. And you know, the beautiful thing about Colossians 3.15 and the next, next passage It says, and you know what? Sing. 
sing songs, sing hymns, encourage each other with praising. This is why we sing. We encourage each other. It bring, it makes a throne for the, the king to come and sit in. If you ever wonder, why do we sing songs in church? Because God commands us to, because it encourages us. And it brings this atmosphere where, where all of us may be in different situations, but we can go, all right, let's all go into the throne room of the King together as a family. Let's all go in and sit around the feet of our Father. Let's all worship Him. Let's all praise Him. And so when you're praising God, you never have to think, I wonder whether God will show up. Because when you praise Him, you brought Him with you. And that's why we praise together. And we're going to sing. And I would love you to reach out and, and just be honest with yourself. And go, God, I am sorry. I don't trust you with this. And today, I need you to help my faith. Pray, pray prayers, not out of fear this morning. Pray it out of faith that God has you. He has got you. He has got every situation. You need to trust Him. He loves you. He has the best for you. And I'd encourage you to do that this morning. Reach out, be honest with Him. Sorry you haven't been my pilot. Sorry I don't trust you. Sorry that you're just a tag along. I'm coming home. I want the peace that comes from Jesus Christ. Amen.